cross the stream. Excuse me, Egon. You said crossing the streams was bad. Cross the Streams podcast, episode 12 coming at you. We got a great interview. Kip sits down with one of his former players, Hayden Russell, who is now part of the stats crew for the Portland Trailblazers. So we'll talk a little bit about that, what that job entails. Also talk about everything he's doing on the side as as far as his grad school and his working as a social media outreach or promoter for another podcast. And we'll get into a segment called Ranting and Raving, where essentially Kip and I just rant and rave about any particular topic. This one happens to be about crowded public places. So stay tuned. Episode 12 coming at you. All right. Cross the Streams podcast, another featured interview guest. And it's always fun for me um, in in these podcasts when I can bring back former players, former students of mine that that are out in the world doing amazing things and have some fun stories to tell about how they got to where they're at. And this one's no different. Uh, Last year's captain of my basketball team at Willamette University, Hayden Russell, is here with us today. Cap, how you doing? Good. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. And Hayden, I want to start him off less about how many three-pointers he made for me because he did make a lot. Uh, but more in, in, in getting the story out there of what it is you're doing now, because I think you have a unique setup that a lot of people will be like, how do people get to the spot they're going to see you on TV in? So start with us, Cap. Your senior year as a player ends, where you're at in grad school, and then what it is specifically you're doing right now. Yeah, first off, just thank you for having me on the uh, podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, so like Coach said, uh, I am in my second year at the business school over at Atkinson Graduate School of Management. Um, and then I'm also working as uh, the stats crew for the Portland Trailblazers and also doing uh, some social media outreach for a uh, another podcast called The Unique Piece. And so Cap has got his hands full because if, if you don't understand, know about the Atkinson Graduate School, it's a 3-2 program. Uh, so you got your undergrad by the time you were a junior, mm-hmm. yes. Played last year for us on the court as a senior eligibility-wise, but was really in his first year of getting his MBA. Uh, so that balancing act is not easy, and obviously we'll, we'll talk to him eventually down the line here about his time management skills, <laughs> which I'm sure he's uh, had to refine. But Cap, start with the Blazers piece. Mm-hmm. And how, when, where, how do you end up where I see you in a preseason game courtside talking to Devin Booker the Phoenix Suns? Give us the whole story. Right, so um, I had just kind of been looking continuously for a job with the Blazers. It kind of started last summer, um, and I was looking to do these internships, but um, the internships are typically full-time, and so I wasn't able to fully jump into those um, at this point in my um, career. And so, Because you still have classes. Yeah, because okay. I'm still taking uh, four classes right now, taking up most of my time. And so um, I just one day went on and was looking for um, a job just with the Blazers, see if they had anything in this um, stats crew um, position was open and so it was cool for me because I'd kind of been um, struggling to think about what I wanted to do in my career and um, you know only being 21 at the time that I applied for it uh, there was a lot of options and stuff and so I was you know just praying hard to see what um, God kind of wanted me to do and this job just happened to be there and um, so I applied for it and it's funny because it seemed like a nonchalant kind of job um, you know, they the interview was like, okay, how uh, well do you play video games? Have you <laughs> taken stats before? What have you done? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm pretty good at Call of Duty. Um, I've taken stats for the JV team. And then the um, 
the person that hired me said, you know, it's really tough to, to interview for this kind of job since it's a lot of hand-eye coordination skills, um, but come on in for another interview. And so then I had just uh, essentially the same interview I had on the phone in person, um, and I really thought that only two or three people had applied, but over a hundred people had applied, amazing. and so, um, you know, I'd been chosen, and so... Um, just got into it and got rolling. So once you once you got the job, and then suddenly, uh, so you had told me, "Hey, coach, I, I'm got this opportunity. I'm gonna see how the interview goes." The next thing I know, your Instagram story, you're in Manhattan, right? Running around. So tell us about that that extension once you got hired. Why you're in New York? Right. So the NBA actually just went to a completely new stat um, recording system, and so they were still in the I'm gonna call it beta stages, um, learning, figuring out the bugs and stuff. So they flew us out for training um, one day at the uh, NBA Replay Center, which is where you see um, Steve Jabby on uh, yeah. online or on the TV talking about the bad call or whether it's yeah. a flagrant or not. So um, got to see that area and um, learn the system. And then on um, Saturday, we actually got to go to Madison Square Garden and do a New York Liberty versus the uh, Sparks, who made it into the mm-hmm. WNBA Finals. So that was a real cool experience, just getting to walk around Madison Square, getting to go where um, you know the normal public yeah. doesn't go, and yeah. uh, go down on the court. The mecca of hoops. You oh, know? yeah. <laughs> so, two he's wearing three. a Yankees hat right now, so <laughs> this New York trip was probably important. Yes. So, <laughs> so what, is, what is your specific job title right now? Right now, my specific job title is um, Stats Crew. Stats crew. So your position, if they're watching the game, you see the Blazers in their opener next Wednesday, mm-hmm. where are you at? Right. So I'll be um, the half-court line and then to a little bit to towards the visitor's side. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, three or four seats down from the PA announcer and then probably another 10 feet to the left is the visitor's bench. Okay, you, how many people are doing this job during the game? During the game, there will be four people doing the job. Um, it's a complex system this year because the NBA wants to get it um, almost completely 100% correct during the, the game. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, one person will be calling the game actions, for instance, um, number zero, made three-pointer, no assist. Um, and then that goes to a primary person who's going to input on a touchscreen little pad the type of shot, where the shot happened, um, and then the made then a secondary person will just review it all to make sure it's correct. And a third person's on a headset with a tertiary um, in New Jersey just watching over our shoulder, kind of like a big brother, making sure that uh, we got everything right and they don't want us to go back and change anything. Output of your job, is that the stat sheet? Is that the sync mm-hmm. stats to each video for the right. team? Where, where does your work end up? So it's pretty cool. We're actually, our work will be live broadcasted to... Um, you know, Turner Sports or um, any live televised game. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the CNB or the CSB, the sports network here yeah. um, that shows all the Blazer games. Um, we actually print out the score box at every time out in the end of quarter. And last game, I actually got to go run over to the printer and take it to the guys who are doing the. Oh, okay. Lamar uh, Hurd and. Right. And, and yeah, okay. So um, the TV guys get what we do, and then the coaches get. Um, what we're doing in game, and then ours is the official box score afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Every home game. Um, yeah, every home game. So we have a crew of six. So I don't yeah. know if I'll be doing everyone, but right. I'll be getting the good. rotate through. Yeah. Oh, 
Unbelievable. So. Where does somebody that does this job, is there a, a ladder you see climbing as you get better at this? You're the manager of this crew. I mean, where, where do you see this? Is just an end to prove your work ethic mm-hmm. to the Blazers? Where do you see it vertically for yourself? Right. So I asked this question when um, I first started, and he said no one's ever really moved up. And the lady that's been doing it um, on our crew has been doing it for 35 years. Oh, wow. So her dad started, and she got into it. Um and really, it's just a position for people who are older, like to be around basketball, but still want to do their full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really using this connection to just meet as many people as I can mm-hmm. in the Blazers network, um, get my name out there. and yeah. um, I'm hoping to move up into the ladder and just um, yeah. interacting and talking to as many guys as I can while I'm there. Right, and this might be an interesting entry-level spot that's not usually a launch pad, but that's... Was there a, you know, for Kane and I, and I want to jump into your, to the other thing you're doing as well professionally, but was what was the cross-the-stream moment for you in this? Was it just saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to apply? Was it accepting it? What was some of the risks you had to weigh in taking this, or pursuing this gig? Mm-hmm. I think, for me, the, um, because it is somewhat of a time commitment, you know, five hours on school nights, typically, mm-hmm. um, and then when I talked to him and had the interview and he said, you know, I don't really know, nobody's ever moved up from this position. And so it was kind of like, okay, I'm looking to move up, but at the same time, this is still the position that um, at this moment in time is the best for me to be able to pursue what I want and what mm-hmm. I, I need. So um, I think really accepting it and just saying, I'm going to dive into this and make sure that I'm giving this all that I have just so I have no regrets about mm-hmm. not leaving an opportunity. Yeah, the there was a job in the NBA, and I said no to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would I would have failed you right. as your coach. Okay, take us into the other half. So you go to school. You've got certain nights, 42 date, 41 dates out of the year. You're with the Blazers. What's your other project you're working on right now? Right, so I'm working with um, a man named Ben Kenyon, who um, actually – Asked one of someone who was working for him, uh, Matt Espinoza. Yeah, um, you guys have heard him. Episode two, Salem Hoops Project. Yeah, he um, was asked if uh, he knew anyone that um, was looking for kind of a PR job, and so then um, he asked. From what I've heard, he asked uh, you mm-hmm. if um, you knew anyone, and you recommended my name. And so he says, "Yo, I got this position that I'm trying to fill. Email uh, Ben Kenyon." So I email him, set up a meeting. And whatnot, and he turns out to be the performance coach for the Trailblazers. Oh, so I got in to another position yeah. with someone involved in the Trailblazers. So I'm just kind of building my yeah. network there. Um, but what I do is I am a social media outreach person, is what I'll call it. And so he tells me right now what, what we're doing is he's going to tell me what uh, people he wants on his podcast, and I'm just emailing their um, agents or them or whatever information mm-hmm. we have on them yeah. and setting up a time to, for him to talk to him and really just um, bring him in to get onto the podcast. Mm-hmm. So You're like the booker from the Dan Patrick show. Right. Or Colin Cowherd. Yeah. Yep. So um, I've been doing that and then every time we have a podcast I've been finding media outlets to um, send our podcast clips to just so we can mm-hmm. um, kind of build. And the idea behind this podcast is um, he believes that he's mission on this earth is to inspire people and create a community of inspired people to really um, unlock their unique potential mm-hmm. and the idea behind unique is that um, it's spelled Y-O-U-N-I-Q-U-E and it's that everyone has their own um, skill set and own um, really gifts that um, need to be you know tapped into and yeah. unlocked and so 
um, that's what the yeah. premise behind that is. Yeah. And so um, we got episode one of season two dropping here okay. soon with Damian Lillard. Oh. So uh, that'll be a yeah. big time listen. How did so. you connect with Damian Lillard, especially with his album out now? Right. His shoe deal. I mean, Damian's a big deal in Oregon. Right. So <laughs> um, Dame's actually been really helpful for the unique piece yeah. um, because Ben works with him every day. Oh, okay. And so we made the connection that way. Um, but then we also have Nigel Sylvester, who's a really big BMX guy coming mm-hmm. on. Um, we've got Kaisa Fit, which is an Instagram yeah. um, workout type person mm-hmm. who's pretty big. And then like we're working with Harry Cruz to set something up. And yeah. so we've got a, a lot of big names and a good That's lineup amazing. coming. So. Did you, I mean, when you took, when I remember when Noza emailed me and said, hey, coach, which one of your guys has a flair for marketing, outreach, is a people person. I was like, well, Cap's always got ideas about things. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing the, the connection there that you've made from like a Bearcat hoop, pro hoop camp. Like you just were a good kid while you were here and suddenly yeah. look at these opportunities. Not because of us, just because I think you probably took time to present yourself in any situation as somebody you can trust, somebody that's genuine. Yeah. Talk, talk about that, with how you've kind of approached meeting all these different people, especially as you got later on in your career and more mature as everybody does. Right. Um, I think one thing that the business school has really done a great job of, of helping me understand is that um, you don't have to be the most qualified for a position. You just have to know people. And so really having the connections and making sure that um, – Every time you do meet someone new, you put your best foot forward, mm-hmm. and you're you know you're polite. You say um, hello. You ask them how they're doing, um, even before you start talking about yourself or whatever you want to um, get out of that meeting. And just yeah. um, you know, always um, Bearcat Hoop. We talk about you know men, family, legacy, mm-hmm. and so just being you know working on trying to be the best man that I could be, um, and have that be you know my legacy yeah. is something that um, I've always tried to mm-hmm. do because. You know, as small as William it is, the the connection circle is so huge. Right. And um, you know, it's funny because it's like I was walking to the gym on my birthday at seven a.m. when uh, I ran into Matt and he mm-hmm. asked me about this. And so yeah. it wasn't even you know, like yeah. it was a setup thing. Yeah. And it's just the connections come out of That's anywhere. Awesome. For, what is okay? So you at the end of this year, this school year, you'll have your MBA. Mm-hmm. You'll have the Blazer. Both very basically both your Blazer connections working. Yeah. Do you see yourself? organizationally that's a focus for you do you see yourself more in this marketing promotion vein that mm-hmm. you're doing for the podcast and every, where, where do you see Hayden headed yeah so it's kind of funny that I'm doing um, you know this marketing type thing uh, right now because I'm focusing on finance mm-hmm. and um, a little bit of entrepreneurship um, just because one day I'd like to have my own business yeah and so um, if I could get a position within the Blazers front office, I think that'd be really right. sweet. And so um, that's definitely one avenue, um, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be a finance position or even mm-hmm. like a marketing outreach or yeah. um, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then just really just keeping my avenues open mm-hmm. um, to right. really see what I can um, fit and where I can make the most impact in the position and that I get. The best part, I think, for you is, like you mentioned, 21, 22 years old with avenues and options. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's a... That's a great position to put yourself in. So how can people follow you? You, the projects you're working on, social media connections, where's the best way to stay up to date with what Hayden's doing, your business is doing? Yeah. Um, I don't post too much on social media just because I feel like 
I'd rather look at what other people are posting. Except for when he's in Manhattan for five days and then he wants to post in Madison Square Garden. Had to do that. (laughs) But um, you can follow me on Instagram, just underscore Hayden Russell underscore, or uh, follow the unique piece. Mm -hmm. Um, Watch the Blazer games. Um, I'll be there, hopefully. <laughs> no, we'll just night, wave so. every. Well, we'll have a special time in the third quarter where Cap has to give us a signal. Uh, is is the unique piece iTunes available? SoundCloud? Where's it at? Yeah, the unique piece is available on every uh, major listening gotcha. platform. Um, so, yeah, iTunes and SoundCloud mm-hmm. for sure. Perfect. Um, so great setup. You listen across the streams. You jump over to the unique piece, and you get all the connections between everybody. It's amazing. Hayden Russell, thanks for coming, bud. Thank you. Bringing Kane back in now, and Kane's had a chance to listen to my Q and A with Hayden Russell. Uh, and Kane, obviously, I, I have a background with Hayden, having been his coach um, here at Willamette University. But your initial thoughts to uh, the story we heard him laying out, how he's ended up as an NBA statistician. And mm-hmm. a social media promoter and director for a, a podcast through the NBA. Yeah, first off, just the the word statistician is is hard enough as is to say, let alone uh, appreciate <laughs> that what goes into that job. And as he was sitting there describing it, as far as so and so makes a shot from such uh, from whatever port on the court, and he's now three for twelve, and and you're just thinking in your mind like, wow, there's, there's somebody is actually watching this game and writing down every little statistic that is possible. Mm-hmm. And for all of us that are that are just viewing the game for pleasure, and all of a sudden these stats pop up or uh, if you're watching it on the internet or whatever it may be, and all of a sudden there's stats that are right there as the game's going, you, you don't appreciate that there is actually someone that is doing all that. Yes. There's someone yes, on that. the scores table that is keeping track of every little small detail, every little st- – static or stat statistic possible that's that's amazing yep. that, that's an awesome deal um and it's and it's, i thought it was interesting that he said on that same line how there's somebody you know he's got his crew of people that he works with some people like himself grad school mm-hmm. kid with a little bit of basketball background another is a super fan lady that's been doing it for 25 years and just learned on the yeah. on the fly and at the same time yeah. there's somebody in nba in the nba offices in secaucus overviewing and checking their work because they know how important the accuracy of it is. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me. It really is. Uh, I thought it was funny just how he talked about the interview process with it, them asking about if he plays video games and, and uh, <laughs> all these different odd odd questions that actually will pertain to what he has to do. Um, but, no, a, a real big take for me for me from this interview was when he was talking about just connections and being able to connect with people, finding mm-hmm. connections that in turn can help you move along the path you want to move along and, and continue to climb whatever ladder that you're climbing and whatever area that you're trying to um, continue to climb in, in taking a job like he took that has zero to no vertical mo- mobility. Yeah, He literally said the lady that has been doing it before him had been there for 35 years and, and that was it. And Mm -hmm. so there is no vertical movement at all on this job. But for him, it's a foot in the door. It's an opportunity to go and make connections with people in in potentially the Portland Trailblazers Mm -hmm. front office and help him reach the goal that he wants to ultimately reach. So that was, I think, a big take for me. 
Yep, I think that that same along those same lines is being prepared in any given situation to put your best foot forward uh, yeah. to share the best version of yourself. And you know, I think we all, whether you're tired on a certain day for something that's going on in your life, you're in a bad mood or whatever it may be. In some path, whether it's in person, whether it's a phone call, whether it's an email, and being able to still dial in and say, "Hey, I got to take, I got to make sure I see any advantage through to the fullest, or any interaction with somebody could yep. lead somewhere." You know, I think in Hayden's case, you know, obviously as his former coach, I'm, I'm proud to say he's he's good at that. Uh, but for any young person jumping into the business world, jumping into the crazy 21st century trying to find employment now, I think that's a vital skill. And I'm glad we got Hayden. He was just ready to take advantage of any opportunity to talk about himself. Yeah. I mean, every interaction that you have or could potentially could have, you have to find a way to put your best foot forward and put a smile on your face and make sure that that interaction is, is a somehow you're getting something out of it and the other person is as well because you never quite know when that interaction or how that interaction could be interpreted or could potentially help you or not help you depending upon if yeah. it was positive or negative because on the flip side of things if you don't put your best foot forward in every situation or scenario you're in you may be losing out on something you may be losing out on an opportunity yep. that you don't see uh, you know, I thought before we came on was the, the concept of the second thing he's doing on top of his day. Maybe we should talk about millennials being able to juggle 25 different hats because he's doing a hell of a job. <laughs> you know, having yeah. two different jobs working on um, and also going to grad school at, at a really good uh, Atkinson Graduate School of Management. Um, talking about his situation right now with the unique piece, Y-O-U-N-I-Q-U-E piece podcast and it's a 21st century job description where he's talking about social media outreach social media social media program coordinator um that's something i don't think you and i had the the ability to even talk about something we would think about doing when we were growing up hey i want to advertise uh of somebody i work for via specifically the vehicle that is social media (laughs) yeah obviously us growing up we would not have envisioned that um if you wanted to promote a radio dj or radio show Maybe that, that's what you could potentially go into or, or just a communications uh, degree, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but Yeah, that yeah. was the catch-all, right? Communications. Yeah, I want exactly. to be able to communicate people different ways. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've always, I wish that MSU had a communications uh, major. I would have been in that thing so fast. It wouldn't have took me so long <laughs> to, to, to clear a major in the first place and finally right. settling on secondary education because I knew I was going to end up being a coach anyway. But if, I if there would have yeah. been that communications op- option – I would have jumped all over that right off the jump. Um, <laughs> For people that haven't listened to Hayden all the way through, what came out this part about it is the unique piece is by uh, Ben Kenyon, at Ben underscore Kenyon, K-E-N-Y-O-N underscore. The unique piece is at Y-O-U, unique piece. Um, and Ben Kenyon's involved in NBA player development. Obviously, if you're from the great Northwest player development, if you're working with Damian Lillard, who walks on water out here on for a good reason, you know, a person that, <laughs> For no question. that absolutely – Plays really well, um, but also does a ton in the community. Is very socially aware and is a hell of a rapper. His, I think his album just went gold. We should probably listen to that. Or maybe, I don't know if we're too old to listen to basketball rappers. <laughs> is he on the same level as Shaq? It's, do you remember that? Like the Shaq, uh, I Know I'm Outstanding? Remember yes. those songs? I think he might be Shaq. better than Shaq. I think Shaq he might be. Who? 
<laughs> Do you remember the NBA tape that we had? It was like the best of NBA ballers rapping. It was like Cedric Sobalos had a song. Yeah. And yeah, I, we, yeah. I, can't, I wish somebody out there that listens to us might have this. You could share it with us. There was a tape put out in the old days by all the current NBA wannabe rappers. I do think Damian Lillard's a lot better than them. Uh, but Hayden, Hayden <laughs> works on marketing for that group, and that connection, once again, Kane, is through a text message from a coach. You know, not It wasn't anything to do with me besides forwarding a text message request from a coach I know looking for somebody that I thought could be good at marketing. And that was just mm-hmm. a forward, hey, let me forward it to Hayden. But once again, he was ready for the opportunity. That's it. That's it. So you've always got to put your best foot forward. You've always got to do everything in your power to do the best job that you can do in whatever that job may be. It could be um, like as far as Hayden is concerned, sitting at a, a scores table doing stats. But if he does a terrible job, how are they going to ever want to look at hire him for anything else? Right, right. You know, if you it, think that that's kind of transferable in sports, like when you tell a young player at University of Washington or I tell a young player here, like you have this specific job as a freshman or sophomore, and it's not glamorous. It's not going to get you a lot of points. It's not going to get you a lot of touches of the rock. But you're earning my trust doing this job before I can even think about giving you the ball a lot, you know, in the fourth quarter. Or, in your, you know, you guys giving you a lot of carries. You better be able to play on special teams. And kind of it's similar, I think, in the business world. Yeah, in, in the football world, it's huge because there's 11 guys on offense or defense, 11 moving pieces. All 11 of those guys have to do their job in order for it to be a successful play. If one guy doesn't, it's going to be a negative play or potentially could be a big negative play one way or the other. And you have to be able to just, as an old lineman, realize that I'm an old lineman. I've got to block this guy every single play. I'm never going to be the guy that gets in the end zone. I'm never going to be the guy that gets my name in the paper, but I'm going to take the utmost pride in the job that I'm doing. And it goes with the guys that uh, potentially special teams as well. Those special Mm -hmm. teams players that get what, maybe 20, 30 snaps a game, if that at the most. Mm -hmm. So you get one opportunity to be out there, one opportunity to shine, and if you don't, how could you expect you to get more and more opportunities? So yep. take full advantage of, of the job that you have, that whatever that duty may be, do the best you can in that with that duty or that role, then you potentially could see your role change. But if you're mm-hmm. not doing great a great job in your role as is, like you said, how can we trust you to do anything else? Yep. You know, can you think about like just for in Hayden's case, like if I mess up you know, if I don't do a great job of this, the stats, right, they'll get the score right up on the scoreboard. But Terry Stotts or Steve Kerr at halftime, when they get my product, like that's a little <laughs> bit of pressure. Like I got to have Steph Curry's attempts and makes correct in case yeah. Steve Kerr's like, what the hell is this stat? What's going on? Because I know I get mad at stats at Division Three on the road. You know, I'm yeah. like, what the heck? Who's doing and imagine an NBA guy's expectation of those printouts they get every no two doubt. minutes. And they're going to go right where, to look, right where they look. And there's Hayden. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so you, you, you've got this just chicken scratch writing on this notebook yeah. paper that's crumpled up. And, <laughs> and you, you spilled your, your Pepsi on it. And you yeah. hand this sheet over to somebody to, to read at halftime. Yeah, that that's not presenting yourself in the best way possible. Um, so, And the other thing that you can do that I find is, is awesome uh, for those of you that may be in a role that you don't like. Well, how about you do everything in your power to do the role the, the best you can, obviously, but then trying to 
break down the barriers of, all right, well, here's the, the guidelines that you gave me. What if I tried it this way to make it that much better? Mm-hmm. What if I was, if instead of um, doing these stats this way, what if I tried it this way that was more efficient and gave you a little bit more of a better product at the end of the day? So try and find ways to implement new ways of thinking into the role that you're in. And all of a sudden people are like, wow, this guy's, this guy's good. This guy, he knows what he's doing or, or she knows exact. Wow. That, that's what I'm looking for. That type of creativity, ingenuity. Um, that's how you find yourself in bigger roles. Absolutely. And that, that's Kane and I's reaction on an interview I had with Hayden Russell, NBA statistician. I, I can officially say one of my former players is an NBA statistician for the Portland Trail Blazers, right? And uh, helping market and promote through social media the Unique Peace podcast uh, with Ben Kenyon. We'll be right back with our next segment. All right. Cross the Stream podcast. We've got a new segment for you guys. We titled this Ranting and Raving, and this is where Kip and I fall onto a topic somehow, and it gets us angry. I'll just flat out say it. It gets us to the point where we start ranting and raving, and and instead of doing it over the phone or via text, we decided, you know what? That's why we have a podcast. Let's podcast about it. And so today's Rant and Rave is all about crowded public places. Myself, I just recently experienced it coming home to do this podcast, driving through the Seattle traffic, dealing with the rain, and now drivers are are slowed down because they're scared or worried about the rain, even though they live in Seattle and they deal with rain (laughs) nine months out of the year. Somehow they decide it's going to be a slower slower day for them. Kip, you had something that happened to you as well. What what happened to you today? Yes, and I think you you hit it exactly on the head with this this segment of ours, ranting and raving, because they're all things I envision that you and I text and complain to each other about anyway. Uh, they're happening to us, so yep. why not just share that frustration? And I think a lot exactly. of people would have the same. So I, I was in, I'm in Denver. I'm taping the podcast today from Denver, and so I had to deal today with airports. And mm, rental car my favorite, center, right? And I'm just I'm going to start with the theory that I think there's there's two types of people in the world. One, when you're in a crowded situation, let's de- define that as over 50 people besides yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you're in that situation, I think two one of two things happens to people: either a you become hyper aware of others around you, and you try to find your flow in the uh, in, taking into account all the other people that are there. So think of football games, basketball arenas, concerts, okay, airports, or you become the other type of person who it's like a Stephen King. If anybody ever saw that terrible Stephen King uh, TV series, The Langoliers, remember The Langoliers <laughs> yes. when they went back yes. and ate, they ate time, but yes. these poor people were stuck back in time in the airport and there was three people and the entire airport was completely empty. Mm-hmm. And then the Langoliers came. But my point is, I think other people in the situation where I become hyper aware of the movements of lots of people, mm-hmm. other people just say, you know what? There's no one else here but me. And where I need to get to is more important than where anybody else in this airport needs to get to. <laughs> and by God, if you're in the way, you're in the way and I'm coming through you. And that, my friend, today was on full display <laughs> in both PDX and the Denver International Airport. I'm I'm a person that 
I revert back to survival mode, essentially, <laughs> right? I think, yes. I think it's amazing to just sit back and watch it sometimes. I, I actually just love to sit and observe others <laughs> and watch them just deal with this anarchy that's happening all around them. <laughs> I, here's, a, here's a great one for you. I equated it today to I vision myself, and I don't know how long I've been doing this, but I, I feel like since I was a kid, I equate it in those situations to I'm a kickoff returner or a punt returner, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And my goal is not to hit another person and not mm-hmm. to be tackled. So, in a, yes, I'm worried about where I'm headed, but I'm going to do my damnedest to make sure you don't hit me and I don't hit you. And it's a skill set yeah. and I see openings and I stop and slow down. But mm-hmm. I also am always keenly aware that where I need to be is no more important next to me needs to be. And when people operate on the opposite end of that spectrum, as if their flight is the only one leaving the airport today, and I was put in their way strictly to keep them from their flight – that's when they're going to experience frustration, and I'm not going to be the best human being back to them. <laughs> oh, there's no question, man. There is no question where you just you run into these, and it's the same thing, not only in the airport or in crowded public places, but on the crowded highways, interstates, the freeway, <laughs> cars, yes. traffic jams, and you've just got these people that are just. Exactly like you said, wherever they're going is so much more important. Yes. So much more important that they are willing to literally to cut off anybody and everybody. It doesn't matter if it's a, the little old in the Toyota Prius next mm-hmm. to them can barely see over the driving wheel and off because you know what? I've got more important things in life than this right. little old lady does. Right. Uh, I mean, it's just obnoxious to yeah. see some of the things that people do that, oh, the, the, the other day, <laughs> this, this has nothing to do with traffic, but again, <laughs> rant, that's what, that's what ran for. <laughs> so the other day I'm coming down a hill, I stop at a stop sign coming down the hill, but I, I've got to kind of peek out a little bit to see this is a little tough intersection. I can't, there's some blind spots. So I'm trying to peek out. So I'm creeping out to see who's coming. Right. Mm-hmm just so happened I, I creeped out just a little bit too far my nose was sticking out uh the nose of the car was and this guy who's coming around the corner has to slow down and stop because i'm kind of creeped out in, in yeah. the middle of the street i get yeah. it that's not convenient right right this guy proceeds to slam on his horn i mean he's laying on this freaking horn right and then decides he's gonna double fit, flip me off not just oh. one He's going, he fully committed. Hands, hands off the steering wheel, both hands through the window, double, and then is just going to stare me down and cuss oh. me out via his car as if I can hear him. I've got my right. windows up. I've got my podcast on. I can't right. hear you, but you're going to go ahead and double flip me off and then yell as if I'm hearing you. Right. It's I'm going, really, dude? <laughs> that. It, that you had to swerve around me just a little bit. It affected right. you enough to where you felt like you had to get this point across it to me. Yes. That I was an SOB, an a-hole, or whatever else you were calling me in your car, and then double flipped me off. I, it was I, that important. I, he, I, I don't get it. They- People across the country, right, are talking about police body cams, and I'm I'm for police mm-hmm. body cams. I think every human being should wear a body cam, and you should have to go oh, back during the day and watch yourself. 
right? <laughs> so that guy in that situation would have to go back and relive how big of an idiot his lunatic brain aneurysm explosion on you was. And mm-hmm. the, 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 I'm sure in real life, the nice woman today, as I'm trying to get on the Hertz rent-a-car shuttle, and she's getting off the Hertz rent-a-car shuttle, and she's going to blow through seven of us <laughs> with her dolly pull behind. When there was a 10-foot opening on her right, she's going to bowl us over like a bowling lane. She, she would have to watch that on a personal body cam and go, you know what? That was on me. Because I think mm-hmm. if I had a personal body cam, it's my wife could go, hey, rewind and look at what you did at Arby's today in the line. You were a real prick. Then I think I'm more likely next time at Arby's to not be that guy. Oh, I love that idea. Right? You, the body like I was at either. your game. Your game mm-hmm. in, at Oregon State, you have Huskies at Oregon State, and everyone, obviously, all the lemmings at halftime want to go get a drink and want to go get food. And so it's a break, right? Well, of course, but we all want to get back to see the game. We're all in this line <laughs> for Pepsi and popcorn because you, person in the old Beavers jersey, happened to have a 45-degree angle to cut in front of that family while the mom was dealing with the kids and it turned her back. You're the worst person ever. You don't need a Pepsi more than that mom and her kids to get back for halftime because we all have to get back for halftime. But you forget that they've reverted to survival skills. They've reverted back to survival mode where they do feel like that Pepsi is life-saving and it's it's him or or them. It's either he he gets the Pepsi or the family gets it. It is – Everyone gets a. It's not everyone gets a Pepsi. It's us or them. Right. It's straight. It's straight. <laughs> it really is. And in crowded places, somehow we revert yeah. back to, to survival mode. The I, that's funny you brought up that game because as at halftime, coming down from the coach's box, okay. all of us UW coaches, we hop on these golf carts. Oregon State provides. I got a couple drivers, and we've got to drive all the way around the backside yes, of the stadium to get to where, our locker yeah, room. Yeah, where the locker yeah, over the where the locker room. Compared to the where the uh, press box is, so we got to drive all the way to the backside, right? Yeah. So at halftime, we hop down, and, and you should see the the chaos that is that, that us as coaches are trying to, <laughs> as you're saying, kick return, punt return through this crowded group of people that are waiting to get their get their tailgate on, and yeah. we're ducking, diving, and weaving trying to get through to these golf carts. We jump on. The guys are cruising along. People are walking in the cart path. And these guys are just laying on the horns, just uh, 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 on the little golf cart horns. And these people just look. They turn around and give you a look like, what? (laughs) What? I'm standing here, dude. What do you you want? And it's just like, why are you so much more important than what's going on? Yes. It it just drives me insane. And then the other thing along those lines that I have to mention for Ranton and Raven is, okay, fans. You don't need to throw out go Oregon State or go Beavers or go Sun Devils or go yeah. whoever it is when you see us as UW coaches drive by in the golf course. Right. It does not phase us. Okay? <laughs> that doesn't all of a sudden, because you said something to us on the golf court, that's going to somehow win this second half for you because we're affected by what you said to us. Right. It doesn't. Do you, do you, and I think that person, if they had their body cam, right? If they had their body cam and they came back to me and said, yo, I just saw the Husky staff and I just taunted them, man. It's going to phase them. them. (laughs) And then you could press play and go, you think so? 
you, you really think you got in the DC's head yeah. with your Go yeah. Beavs chant? Did you see you know? any reaction at all from them? Did look at right. just rewind it and see if there's any reaction at all. Was that worth you embarrassing yourself when I steal frame and stop <laughs> on your face for what you exactly. just said to the OC at University of Washington? Okay, exactly. here's another one. What about this? I think, because I taught high school for seven years, and obviously our father being a longtime educator, our mom a longtime educator, here's a class that doesn't exist that should, should exist. Social cues. Mm. You've got to take <laughs> social cues 101, because I'm going to give you one today. This person... If you're the middle in a three-person seat and mm. you're you're the middle, you don't get to get out first when it's time to leave. Oh, Not only that, favorite. right? Everyone knows that if we're in aisle 28, I don't get to go anywhere for 10 minutes after that plane stops. Doesn't yes. matter how fast I get my bag. Doesn't matter how fast I jump in the aisle. I'm not going anywhere. No. Okay. And on sometimes even airlines have figured out, like, listen, there's a rare occasion where they say, I've heard it. Listen, can everyone hold seat where they are? Jimmy in 14F needs to catch a connecting flight on mm-hmm. our airline. And then mm-hmm. everyone is more than willing to say, you know what? Jimmy is more important than us right now. Go ahead, <laughs> Jimmy. Get to your airline. But in yes. social cues, you and I would teach, hey, Bob, if you're next to Jim and you're the middle seat and you stand up to step over him, it's, it is well-deserved what happened today yeah. on the plane where Jim reached up to open the overhand compartment and pulled it down. And because it's United and it's a tiny plane anyway, it hit Bob in the face. And Jim apologized to Bob. And I was like, Bob, you brought that on yourself. You, you did it. You did that. <laughs> that that's was your own fault. I mean, oh, think about that's... that. Think of all the social cues that they, we don't teach kids. And then we're pissed 100%. off when they can't read the room. 100%. You know? like. You can't do that. Like today, it happened again today in a public re- a public restroom. Five urinal line up in the airport. Five mm-hmm. are occupied. There's clearly a line of gentlemen where we're standing waiting for the next available one. Comes around the corner and happens to time it perfectly with Keith leaving his urinal. And before the line can bump up, this person sideswipes and steals the urinal. Yeah. Is that it- should be a body cam. Yes. 100%. That should be a body cam, like and there should be there should more be a, important than mine. Along with those body cams, there should be a, a committee somewhere that's watching everybody's damn body cam <laughs> and says, yes. "You know what? Uh, you either get an electric shock or something, or some kind of punishment." Demerits, yes, that's so twenty five cents. Yeah, exactly. You know what? Some kind of extra tax order, man. for for being that guy, for the guy that stands up and tries to bully his way down the dang airplane aisle to get out first and cuts off the people that actually are going to be late for a connecting flight. Yep. You feel like your flight's just more important because you're, you're uh-huh. in survival mode at that point. Or the guy that – here's another example. We're driving to um, our game, home game, right? We get uh, a police escort from the Marriott and Redmond over to the stadium. Okay. Uh, with all the players on three buses. And as coaches, we're lined up behind the buses in our cars, and we're driving behind, and they've got a police escort so we can get to the game on time. It's pretty important that we get to kick off on time, right? And so the police right. escort's cruising along down the uh, interstate, and they're, they're making sure that people aren't cutting off the bus. But as soon as we get close to, to Montlake Boulevard there, and – there's a just a group of Husky fans that are waiting to get there. And I understand. I love all of our fans. Yes. But there has been multiple people that have tried to cut off either one of our buses or one of our coaches. In the first week, we got cut off. Oh, my gosh. Right? Yeah. And White Silverado decided that he was more important. 
and had to get to the game or get to his tailgate well before us as a coaching staff got to the game and was just going to swerve right in there right after the police escort, just cut us off and get himself right behind the buses. It, it, I'm telling you, so I, we're on to something. Exactly. That's where that body cam comes into play. We catch yep. this guy in the act. Yep. Whoever's watching, the big brother I watching. Yep. Minus 25, bud. 25 cents 20. at, your, at your bank account. Great move. Nice job. I'm glad you got a, your extra beer 15 minutes earlier. Hey, and t- tell me people wouldn't watch that show. Tell me oh, people wouldn't man. watch us. Like it would, I think we could rival SportsCenter. Asking and and did like Charlemagne does on uh, on the morning zoo crew the donkey of the day yeah and we just did oh, yeah. highlights from the West Coast tonight here's the real problem <laughs> you uh, know that's, yeah that's like, a great what idea are you doing like you are I, you are not more important than the other people here <laughs> there's no doubt and I could I could tell you personally I would be on that top ten show probably yes you know once a month. <laughs> one of these traffic situations that I dealt with today where if you had a body cam or, or a rear view mirror cam on me during some of these traffic situations, <laughs> it would be absolute. People would be astonished. They'd be like, is that Kane? That can't, that can't be Kane. <laughs> Captain cool guy. Captain cool. Never right. loses his cool. Just never lets anything phase him. That's what? Because right. I flip out. <laughs> I lose my stuff really quick if i'm feel like i'm going to be late for something and i'm stuck yeah. in, in standstill traffic my passenger seat headrest takes <laughs> the most physical violent <laughs> blows that you will ever witness on film oh if, if you can catch it on film it, yeah, it's but see if you were on film you would address your problem if you would you have had to. lost 75 cents for the last yeah. month and a half. Eventually, you you're going to be like, God, I'm tired of this. I got to <laughs> knock it off. I can't keep it's- doing this. I'm losing. I've lost 50 bucks the last two months because of my inability to handle traffic. Right. It just doesn't. It doesn't. And I think there's so many more of those social cues that you could teach in that class that kids would be. You would be. People would stop being mad at younger people because mm-hmm. they would have learned it. And they would have been like, hey, you know what that nice young gentleman did for me today? When he was getting on the elevator, he waited for me to get off. Like, I know my kids do it. Yes. If I had a body cam, they would see my three kids assault people getting off the elevator <laughs> as they run forward. And every yeah. time I tell them, guys, you got to let them wait. You got to let them wait. And it doesn't matter. And they no. tackle these poor people. No. And i tell you the first thing that I would teach in that social cues class. Yeah. The first, that first thing that I would say is put your damn cell phones down. When you are in a yes. public place, put your cell phone down. You're, you cannot be staring at your cell phone as you're walking through a public crowded place. Yep. Period. Yep. Because first, I, that, you're right. That leads to a lot of it. That leads to a lot of it. Oh, my God. Nothing drives me. Hey, what about this one? People that have been out to a bar, you know, when you go out and have drinks with your friends, and very few bars have, like, a designated – they don't have cones lined up for this is the specific spot on the bar where you can order a drink. <laughs> yeah. It ends up being a, a horizontal setup. But mm-hmm. you know damn well when you come up to the bar, you're probably the 14th person there in line in the, the, the normal order of things. But mm-hmm. people that come up to that and are so impatient – that they're not first, even though it's clear that the bar 
are waiting and there's only one bartender, he or she is working their butt off. Yeah. You got to wait on the corner over there, Susie. Yeah. Goddamn turn. Body <laughs> cam. Body cam, 100%. 100%. You are not more important than everybody else in the bar. You are not Justin Bieber. You are right. not Nicki Minaj or, or right. anybody else that you think you might be that night. Yep. You don't deserve VIP treatment. I'm sorry. Wait, you have your own table and your own wait staff coming to you. Exactly. You wouldn't be in, in waiting at the bar with the rest of us peasants. Right. Or <laughs> the rest of us peasants. Oh, God. Oh, just... that was. And I'm sure people out there hit us up, social media, emails, tweets. If you've got any other ranting and raving segments, you could even add on to this one something you've seen in a crowded place. Uh, oh, for, I got to add. End it. Last one. If you are in an airplane and you're tired, say it's a 5 a.m. flight, you don't get 90-degree horizontal backrest time. <laughs> you don't get to put oh. it back into my knees any more than I get to put mine back into John behind me. No, have some comfortably courtesy. Have some just be aware. I just – that's it right there. Just, <laughs> yes. Please just be aware of other people. Have some spatial awareness just realize you're not the only person in the world. This is not survival mode. It right. is not you versus us or, or me versus them. We're all in this thing together, people. We got to live together. <laughs> be, hashtag be aware. Let's get t-shirts. Cross the streams. 